bringing things back here local as we uh, continue our uh, voices from downstate. We go from south of the metro east area in southern Illinois near St. Louis, and we move north up to uh, up to Dixon, Illinois, where the deputy Illinois House leader from Dixon is Tom Demmer. Representative, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'm glad to be talking with you, Rick. Um, I, I've, I've, we already knew there was an issue of uh, regionalism, very, very heavy in our politics in Illinois, and this has been kind of a, 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 a gradual thing. I mean, it was always easy for somebody from outside the metropolitan area to bash Chicago as a as a campaign device, that kind of thing. Uh, but I, I I really think it's gotten much more intense in this polarization. And if anything, uh, maybe the coronavirus and the restrictions as a result of it uh, from the governor's office may have intensified that kind of polarization. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that there's always been kind of an element of uh, Chicago or the suburbs and the rest of the state of Illinois. That's been an element that you know uh, political observers have looked at for election results, political predictions, um, things like that for for decades, really. Uh, you know, it's and there's been times where it's maybe been more pronounced or less pronounced. Um, right now, though, you know, adding on to that sort of traditional um, breakdown of political uh, alliances, we have very different impacts of what COVID-19 has brought to different parts of the state. And uh, also, I think, you know, it, from a, a resident's perspective, very different day-to-day lifestyles and different kinds of risks and different things that, you know, might come into to the picture of how COVID is uh, transmitted and, and what the outcome is if you contract it. And so that's it's just brought uh, very different perspectives from someone who lives in rural Illinois uh, compared to somebody who lives in the city of Chicago. Well, when I think of a uh, typical Main Street, uh, I would have to say I would think of uh, Main Street Dick, in Dixon, Illinois. And what 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 is life on Main Street these days? It's very quiet. Um, yeah, Main Street in Dixon is was a perfect example of a community that saw a traditional bustling downtown uh, start to be abandoned, and uh, there was a huge effort to repopulate it, to bring back uh, restaurants and stores, to bring back uh, cultural centers and and the types of places that generate some foot traffic and bring a sense of vitality to a to a downtown that has been hollowed out by all those you know, kind of macroeconomic trends. And Dixon did a great job with that. It was a thriving and bustling downtown. Although if you have driven through it in the last month, it's uh, eerily quiet. And uh, the vast majority of businesses on Main Street are closed right now or operating under, you know, very significant restrictions. I, I understand that there there's, you know, obviously some talk about the fact of in the governor's uh, latest kind of phasing for Illinois, the issue of the uh, regions being based on um, hospital uh, issues and, and and a lot of complaints that it ignores more local kind of issues that, that smaller places are being lumped in with bigger ones that aren't going to show the the kind of numbers. And I, I guess I want I want to get your thoughts on that, but we're going to take a quick break. 
You're listening to the Sunday Spin on WGN. Welcome back to your Sunday Spin. I'm Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune here in the WGN Skyline studio on Wacker Drive, overlooking kind of a dreary day, but it's Mother's Day. So again, happy Mother's Day to everybody. And joining me on the phone is the Deputy Illinois House Republican Leader, Tom Demmer from Dixon. And Representative, uh, just to kind of restate that question about, you know, a lot of a lot of questions seem to arise about the way that the uh, Governor Pritzker kind of divvied up the state into these regions uh, for the 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 move to try to reopen Illinois. And I, I guess I'm I'm curious, what's your take on that? Well, the the regions are incredibly large. I mean, if you think of Dixon, so Dixon's a uh, hundred miles due west of Chicago. We're in a region with. Uh, 27 other counties. Uh, the region goes from the Wisconsin border on the north, includes Rockford, the Quad Cities, Peoria, Bloomington, and everything in between. Uh, it covers hundreds and hundreds of miles. Uh, and so, you know, we're in a position here of asking in, in communities like Dixon, Lee, Ogle, DeKalb counties, uh, in the district that I serve, uh, we could be hitting all the benchmarks. We could be controlling things just the way that we're supposed to. And an outbreak a couple hundred miles away uh, could lead our entire 27-county region to be stuck in an earlier phase. And so I, I think when you start to take it through that lens, the map that's drawn really isn't based off of hospital utilization data. It's really not based on emergency response territories. Um, it's some couple of large arbitrary groupings of huge swaths of the state. Well, and, and I mean, there is an issue that that people will point out that there, obviously, the virus is not bound by geographical lines, and you know, uh, granted, you know where Dixon is in relation uh, to Rockford and, and the the uh, the boat trip up the Rock River that it would take to get there, but I mean, there is some interconnectivity between some of these places where there could be a transportation of the virus. Isn't that correct? Well, there's a connectivity between any region. So I think that's when you have to start to look a little deeper and ask, you know, what's the logic behind grouping some of these regions together? Um, if you were to say it's it's just a Rockford area cluster, for example, and that's because that's where the uh, higher level medical facilities are located. You know, that's where we send some of the more severe patients. Something like that makes sense. But what's happened in the in the governor's plan is, Several of those regions have been combined together. So those emergency response regions have just been grouped together um, apart from the distinction that they that they typically shared. And, you know, it's true that the, the virus doesn't know a, a geographic boundary, uh, but that's why I think it's important to engage local people in communities so they can uh, set goals for what testing looks like, identify where, if there's a uh, positive rate in the community, what that rate looks like and how it moves over time. Quickly intervene if there's a suspected outbreak or a, a high-risk situation. Uh, it really involves that local knowledge to help you understand where are our risk points instead of painting with a broad brush and saying we're going to, um, you know, freeze commerce across this entire area uh, because of, uh, you know, some geographic quirk of the map. Well, and, you know, I keep hearing uh, 
there's no one size fits all in this kind of thing. In fact, in fact, uh, Mayor Lightfoot uh, was using that phrase in her uh, announcement of the city's uh, proposal, uh, but it didn't really. Uh, it was not any looser than what the, what the state regulations apply to. Uh, I mean, until frankly, until legislators get back in session, this is kind of the way we're going to be under, isn't it? Well, we really need the legislature to get back in session. I mean, you know, we we, uh, we delegated uh, through the Illinois Emergency Management Act the ability for the governor to declare an emergency and to take emergency action. And I think everybody understands that there are circumstances where we're not going to, when an emergency breaks out, we're not going to wait for the legislature uh, to come down and, and debate a plan and put something in place. So we give the governor authority to act in emergency situations. But when we look at this, you know, the governor's proposed Restore Illinois plan, we're talking about a plan that lasts for at least months, probably years. Uh, that's that's different. That's wholly distinct from setting short-term emergency policy. When we're talking about policy that has impact on how business, how local government, how public places, public institutions, how really your everyday life functions over a longer period of time, that's no longer uh, an issue for the governor to set by emergency proclamation. That's precisely the kind of policy that a democratically elected legislature in the House and the Senate from all over Illinois, that's what we're charged to do. And frankly, that's the, the type of uh, complex policy that we're set up to take input from a variety of stakeholders on, pass through the details, and come out with a final product. Can the legislature meet safely? The legislature can meet safely, yes. I mean, you see this happening in uh, in Washington. Um, Senator Durbin last week said he felt safe at the U.S. Capitol. They'd taken appropriate um, safeguards and, and steps to make sure that legislators were safe there. There are a variety of steps we can take. In fact, the governor's own Department of Public Health has put forward a template for steps to take to ensure that the legislature meets in a safe uh, and sanitary way. And I, th- I think we can do that. You know, this is not going to be us coming back for a normal May session by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but we cannot ignore the fact that when we're talking about long-term policy that governs the state of Illinois, that is a role that is fundamental to the power of the legislature and the reason that the legislature exists. We're speaking with the Deputy Illinois House Republican Leader Tom Demmer of Dixon. Uh, Representative, I mean, is is there a... Is there a plan you'd like to see, or is it a man? Yeah, you know, I, I well, yeah, I've been I've been working with a couple of uh, my counties. I, I have four counties in my district. Um, two of them, Lee County and Ogle County. We've brought together uh, county health department leaders, mayors, city managers, uh, first responders, education professionals, hospital um, representatives, all kinds of folks who are involved in different ways in understanding and managing the risks that our communities face from COVID. We've put together a a plan that uh, tries to give uh, additional flexibility toward for individual counties or local groups of counties to be able to move through phases on uh, using data that makes sense for those areas. So, you know, we're not trying to propose a situation in which a county can just flip a switch and say no rules anymore or somebody can bury their head in the sand and pretend like no problems exist. Instead, we're trying to say we want to take a data-driven, data-driven and scientific-based approach 
but we want that approach to be based on the areas that we're that we're living and working in, understanding that the day-to-day life, the kinds of exposures that happen, the kinds of interactions that happen for somebody who lives in rural Illinois are entirely different from someone who lives in an urban part of Illinois. And the solutions and the strategies we take to mitigate risk should reflect that and should be different based on different parts of the state. So the data benchmarks would be more localized to, to try to try to adjust to those kinds of differentiations between rural and urban. They would. And, and you know, they'd also try to engage more with um, some of the kinds of uh, businesses that are currently closed. You know, the plan that we're talking about would engage with those business owners and operators from the beginning and ask them to put together plans that can uh, improve social distancing, that can reduce uh, contact between uh, employees and customers, that can limit the number of people who are in uh, a given uh, square footage of area. You know, they're really engaged to take those steps to understand what the physical footprint of their area looks like and how they can best take, take steps based on their kind of business. And I really think that if, you know, if we're talking about uh, the COVID being a reality we have to deal with over a longer horizon period of time, uh, we have to have those kind of engagements and that kind of, uh, of cooperation in developing strategies to deal with it, because it's not going to be the kind of thing where, uh, you know, we're going to, to strike May 29th and say the whole thing's over. We have no more risk anymore. This has to be a longer, longer term partnership. And I think the only way to ensure that there's buy-in and engagement and success from that is to engage folks at the local level. Is there buy-in uh, in your area to the governor's plan? Well, I think people understand the, the caution, right? The, the governor is, has been very aggressive in, in uh, ensuring that we're taking steps to limit exposure. And I think we share that common goal. We might have difference of opinion about the best method to achieve that, the best way that uh, the best policies that could apply to our communities to achieve that. But we certainly share the goal of protecting people's health in the best way possible, um, trying to balance, strike the right balance between the kinds of essential work that has to happen in our communities um, and the, the, you know, sometimes inevitable um, exposure that happens when you have these essential people working out there as, as first responders on the front lines. We have to strike the right balance between that, though, and that's where I think we have a little bit of a difference of opinion. Uh, his, is, is, like, Dixon City government, are these small towns under budgetary pressures because of, you know, the, the kind of the stepped up the, the things they have to do as first responders with the coronavirus? I think just as the state is going to experience, there's really kind of two punches in this. The first would be um, some of the unexpected expenses from COVID, some of the PPE purchases, um, uh, you know, some of the the test equipment, supplies, tents, you know, things like that 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 local governments have had to come up with. But I think the bigger concern for a lot of local governments is what this is going to mean for their revenue picture. Uh, The closure and the reduction of a significant amount of business is something that's going to lead to revenue declines both for the state and for local governments. And I think that's going to be, um, as compared to the direct COVID expenses, I think the revenue side is going to be an order of magnitude larger. Um, Which which only makes trying to put together a state budget even more difficult. No, 
absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the, the dual difficulty here is that uh, we expect a downturn in revenue. We're all trying, you know, people are, are um, accepting that, that that's the reality we face. But there's so much uncertainty around that. You know, I, I can't tell you what the economy is going to look like in June, much less, much less September or next February. Um, it's an incredibly difficult uh, job to try to make a prediction about what the impact on state revenue will be, given the fact that we really don't know under what kind of restrictions or what kind of limitations uh, we will be in the upcoming fiscal year because of this pandemic. That's Deputy Illinois House Republican Leader Tom Demmer from Dixon. Representative, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Always glad to talk to you, Rick. Thank you.